I feel like I need to make an apology. I feel like I need to make an apology to a certain music artist. And even though this particular singer, songwriter, record producer, and recording artist is no longer with us, I might as well include fans of this gentleman. William McKinley Hutchison, a.k.a. Willie Hutch. He was part of the RCA and Motown Records Recording Company. He helped write the lyrics to I'll Be There, famously sung by the Jackson 5. He also co-wrote songs for Michael Jackson, Smokey Robinson, The Miracles, and Marvin Gaye. Around that same time, he produced an album entitled Fully Exposed. Now, this was in 1973. There is a song on that album entitled tell me why has our loved turned cold if you listen to that song to the millennials it sounds very familiar how familiar let's fast forward to the year 2005 now 2005 was a very very special year for me graduated high school had so much fun during the summer ripping up and down the roads in my 1998 four-door white Honda Civic getting the first real taste of freedom in any case there was a group that came out with a song that said group is 3-6 Mafia. On September 27th of that year, a Southern Hip Hop classic was born by way of the song Stay Fly. You would know when the song was coming on when you heard Yeah! The beat and style of Stay Fly is almost exactly like Willie Hutch's Tell Me Why Our Love Has Turned Cold. I didn't know about this until maybe a week ago. And now I'm at the point where not only can I not stop playing Stay Fly by 3-6 Mafia, but I have gone back in time to 19, 1973 and I have listened to his album Fully Exposed and the soundtrack to The Mac which also came out around that time 73-74 so now I say to you, Willie Hutch, I salute you. I salute you for producing a banger in the 70s in which became a Juicy J banger 32 years later. Yeah! With that, let me welcome all of you to the latest edition of the Philosophy Sessions podcast with Phil Washington. I am your host and owner of PW Digital Media Entertainment, Phil Washington, coming to you live from the Orlando, Florida studios. Whether you're in your car, 
at home, at the park, at the beach, or cleaning up from the hailstorms along the Space Coast, it is an honor and a privilege to bring you another episode on this here podcast. Yeah, so thoughts and prayers to everybody out along the Space Coast. Uh, they received close to three inch hail. This past week, we've had uh, a very unusual rainy, rainy setup where it just kept. We have moisture that came out of Texas and shot across the Gulf of Mexico all week. All week. Severe warning after severe warning. And to be honest with you, I live north and east of downtown Orlando. We got very lucky here. In seven days, I think we only got two severe thunderstorm warnings, no tornado warnings. Um, maybe an inch of rain, maybe. And it could have been a lot worse because I also did hear that there were a couple of uh, funnel clouds and even tornadoes that touched down here in the state, very close to us here in Central Florida. So very blessed that here, at least here, we missed on most of the heavy and dangerous weather. Um, I also did hear that some portions of Lake County got hit with hail bad. Um, I think I heard Claremont got hit pretty good. Uh, some portions of Osceola County. Uh, but definitely, definitely along the Space Coast, Brevard County, Brevard got it pretty bad. As far as our the Orlando television market, Brevard County got it pretty bad. So, thoughts and prayers. If you've, hopefully everything is insured um, and things can get repaired and we can get back to some sort of normalcy because I know for the next Five days the weather is supposed to be absolutely fantastic even though I just got a thing on my phone maybe 30 minutes ago that a fire weather watch has been issued um, because of breezy conditions and low humidity now I know for some people you're probably thinking hey we just got four five six inches uh, why is there a fire weather watch? Well, we're in some portions of the region, we are still under a drought, believe it or not. Because this, this winter has been fairly dry. We haven't had really that many big, big systems that have come across the Gulf or come out of the north that have really you know, put down a lot of rain. It just hasn't happened. And if it has, it hasn't happened here in the immediate Orlando Metro. Which reminds me, if you haven't listened to my last podcast, uh, the second half of the show, I talk about um, hurricane preparation. And I think it lasts maybe 35, 40 minutes. So if you want to miss, if you want to forget all the sports stuff, and if you want to go ahead and listen to the hurricane preparation and how I prepared for Hurricane Ian, Hurricane Nicole, and Irma back in, I think it was 17, missing uh, Hurricane Matthew in 16, go ahead and listen to that. Like I said, it's about 35, 40 minutes long. Um, pretty informative, especially if you live down here in the Gulf the Gulf Coast, Southeast, and even along the Atlantic Coast. Because um, what, from what I hear, it's supposed to be another active uh, hurricane season. So, 
That being said, let's get right into it. Now, we were talking about, uh, in, let's see, in the cold open, we were talking about, uh, Willie Hutch and 3-6 Mafia. I kind of, kind of want to stay with 3-6 Mafia. Not 3-6 Mafia themselves, but they're from Tennessee. And there is a certain athlete from Tennessee that is going through it right now. His name is Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks, you won at 40. You asked for 40, my dog. You got that 40, but in the absolute worst way possible, courtesy of LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and the Los Angeles Lakers. Let me just say this. At the beginning of the season, I had the Memphis Grizzlies, Golden State Warriors, and the Phoenix Suns as the top tier in the West. To this day, I'm still right about Golden State and Phoenix, at least for now. But Memphis, what happened? This was supposed to be the gritty team that runs up and down the court. Hitting threes, dunking the ball, playing lockdown defense and talking trash. You talk trash. You talked a lot of trash. But he didn't back it up. And it all started going wrong back in December when John Morant said, quote, I'm fine in the I'm fine in the West. Alluding to the fact that no teams in the Western Conference scared him. What happens next? He gets caught, allegedly, holding a gun in a nightclub on his Instagram live. He then gets put on indefinite leave by the Memphis Grizzlies organization and suspended by the NBA. Who picks up the pieces? Desmond Bain. He tries to become the leader of the team. But then Dylan Brooks starts to run his mouth. The Grizzlies finish the season as a second seed. The Lakers find their way fighting into the playoffs as they end up being the seven seed. Seven seed faces the two seed, which means the Lakers faced the Grizzlies. Knowing this, Dylan Brooks takes a shot at LeBron James calling him old, saying that he pokes bears, and that he doesn't respect anyone until they give him 40. During game six of the first round of the NBA playoffs, the Lakers defeated the Grizzlies by 40. Technically, it was 41, but LeBron and the Lakers gave him 40 at Crypto.com Arena in Los Angeles. And they ended up winning the series four games to two. Dylan then decides to avoid the media and he was fined $25,000 from the NBA. Then today, sources from within the Memphis Grizzlies organization leaked out some information and due to the fact that 
Dylan becomes a free agent after this season is over, he has been informed that the team, under any circumstances, will bring him back. Under any circumstances. That is one hell of a shot from the organization, which means they had enough. They really had enough. All I can say is, Dylan, damn. <laughs> you did it to yourself, dude, so I don't... I, I don't know what you're going to do next. Is he going to find his way back? In the, I mean, obviously, he's probably going to have a shot. Another shot in the NBA. I'm, ju I'm just going through, in my mind, what team could possibly pick him up. Who would want him? Ironically, the first team that comes to mind is the Los Angeles Lakers. But who would who would want them? Houston? Detroit? Minnesota? Because Minnesota is also another immature young team with the exception of uh, Anthony Edwards. I don't know. Dylan Brooks, good luck to you. Hopefully you figure it out. Stop talking when you can't back things up. Since we're on the NBA playoffs topic, let's Let's talk about the second round. We'll start in the Western Conference first. Uh, this game actually kicks off tonight. Um, by the way, I this I am recording this. What's today? May second, Tuesday, May second. Let's start with. The number one seed in the West of Denver Nuggets, they are facing the number four seed Phoenix Suns. Right now, uh, the Denver Nuggets are up two games to nil on Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and the Suns. Now, the interesting thing about this series right now is that, especially in this last game, Chris Paul seemed to have injured his groin area. And most of us know Chris Paul is what we call a point god. He is the ring general. He runs the show out there. He makes sure that things on offense are running smoothly. I can see this game or this series. I think Phoenix gets two out of it. I got Denver in six, and I'm going to be very honest with you. I don't keep up with the Denver Nuggets. The only thing I know about the Denver Nuggets is that they have Nikola Jokic, Aaron Gordon, Jamal Murray, uh, Michael Porter Jr., Contavious Caldwell Pope, I think, and a few other people. They're a good team. They're a, de a decent team. I mean, they got to be decent if they're the number one seed in the West. 
I don't know too much other than what I just explained. I don't know too much about the Nuggets, which could be a good thing and a bad thing. What I do know is that Nikola Jokic is or has been the NBA's MVP. So you know he balls. Aaron Gordon is good. I've seen him watch. Uh, I've watched him play down here when he was part of the Orlando Magic. Now he's just blossoming in Denver. Like he's he's coming into his own out there. He's he's doing fantastic. I'm happy for him. And like I said, Jamal Murray, KCP. KD and Devin Booker can win one by themselves. And they're going to have to do it at home. Like, they're going to have to get... When the series goes back to Denver, it has to be 2-2 for them to even have a shot. Because if Denver gets one in Phoenix, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. But I'm going to call it Denver in six. Denver in six. All right. Um, this next matchup is... I'm very much looking forward to this one. The seven-seed Los Angeles Lakers versus the number six-seed Golden State Warriors. The reigning and defending N. NBA World Champions. I cannot tell you how excited I am for this matchup. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, D'Angelo Russell versus Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green. Hopefully he behaves, but we'll see. And you can't leave out Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole. I have gone back and forth with this matchup. And I've thought about it. And I'm going to take the Golden State Warriors in six. Here's why. If you look at every other series, both East and West, in every series there is a superstar that is injured. We'll get to the East here in a second, but Joel and B for the Philadelphia 76ers. He's injured. In the New York Knicks-Miami Heat matchup, Jimmy Butler. He has an ankle injury. As a matter of fact, he is out for game two. So if the Knicks don't win tonight, uh, they're in trouble. I mean, they're already in trouble with Miami up one nothing. New York has to win tonight. We go back to Denver and Phoenix. Chris Paul, he's injured, like I said, with a groin. And I've gone back and forth with this. And in the Lakers-Warriors, listen, you never want to see anyone get injured, right? I just have this feeling. I have, a, I have this feeling down in my gut that either... LeBron or AD is going down in this series. Like I said, if that happens, Warriors and six. The Warriors are really starting to come into their own. Um, looks like they were starting to figure things out, especially in the series against the Sacramento Kings, by the way. 
Sacramento, that was a hell of a series. They're a hell of a team. Um, they're going to be lighting the beam at the Golden 1 Center for years to come. That team's going to be very, very good. And you took the Golden State Warriors to seven games. That's impressive. But Golden State's getting hot. They're getting hot at the right time. Golden State in six. All right, let's go. Let's go to the East. I'm going to save the Sixers for last. The five seed, the New York Knicks, going up against the number eight seed, Miami Heat. Remember, Miami took out the number one seed, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and the Milwaukee Bucks. So this series right now, the Miami Heat, I almost said the Knicks, the Miami Heat are up one nothing. Uh, here's a problem. Jimmy Butler, he's out for game two with the ankle injury. On top of that, on the New York side, uh, Julius Randle is nowhere to be found. So Brunson is pretty much running the show for New York. New York is a young team. They're a young, scrappy team. They can get up and down the court. They're one of the best defensive teams left in the playoffs. They're dangerous, especially at home. They play at Madison Square Garden. But the Miami Heat, they've been there. They've done that. Problem is, they don't have Tyler Hero. They traded away Jay Crowder. Oh, well, hold on. Let me let me rephrase that. I don't think... Did he get traded? Because I know Milwaukee picked him up. Uh, I know it was after the All-Star break they got him. Anyway. And now Jimmy Butler's out. We really going to rely on Kyle Lowry, Bam Adebayo, and Duncan Robinson? I don't know. I don't know. We got and listen. We got to watch and see what this Jimmy Butler ankle injury. We got to see how long this lasts. Other than. Game two tonight. Because if this goes on, like if he has to miss multiple games, this is this is saying New York Knicks all over it. Whereas before I would have the Miami Heat in six. Right now, I think this is probably gonna go seven games. And I right right now, as of right now. I have the New York Knicks in seven. If Julius Randle can find it between him and Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart, I think they can get it done. So Knicks in seven. All right. I've saved this one for last. Number two seed, Boston Celtics going up against the number three seed in the East, the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, here we are again. We are in the second round of the playoffs. This is normally the time where the Sixers get eliminated. Why? Because we are facing our kryptonite. We are facing the Boston Celtics. Why? Because once again, in the first round of the playoffs, guess who got hurt? Joel, Hans, Embiid. He didn't get hit in the face. This time it's the knee. Now, they're saying it's a grade 2 sprain, but I've also heard reports that there may be a little bit of a tear. They gave him some kind of injection. Let's see how long that goes. 
Maybe he comes back. I I doubt he comes back for game two. I could see him coming back game three back in Philadelphia. Uh, keep in mind that without Embiid, the Philadelphia 76ers did just defeat the Boston Celtics at TD Garden. So they're up one nothing. Stephen A. Smith gave the Sixers no shot. No shot. I'll be honest with you. I gave the Sixers about a 40% chance they were going to win this series. But now, after what I just saw last night, with James Harden going off for 45, Tyrese going, up, going for over 20, Tobias going for close to 20, DeAnthony Melton chipping in, I think, with 17, and Paul Reed just... He needs he needs PJ Tucker to talk to him a lot more. Paul Reed, this is Paul Reed's coming out party. I'm happy for him. He deserves this. That was a crazy win last night. The only difference with Boston this year is their coach. I think it was his name, Joe Mazzula. I think that's his name. First year coach. This is not the time for Boston to have any kind of screw ups. Because you saw, I mean, if you watched the, the Celtics Atlanta Hawks series. That series went to six games. It shouldn't have. There's no way that 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 series should have gone that long. There's no way. Not with all the talent that Boston has. But what the Sixers showed is that they got that dog in them. This is I. I think this is this is a different Sixers team. Especially with the, like I said, with the additions of uh, James Harden finally playing a full season in Philadelphia. The pickup of DeAnthony Melton and P.J. Tucker. This, this is a different, more confident Sixers team. And we got home court. We have home court advantage. I I am going to pick Philadelphia to win in seven. I think they win in seven. Of course, this all, this solely depends on the health and well-being of Joel Embiid. Yeah. Yeah. So, let's do this. Let's take a break real quick. When we come back, uh, we are going to discuss something that happened up in Lake County. Golf related. You're listening to the Philosophy Sessions podcast with Phil Washington. We'll be right back right after this. Don't go anywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, do you love good music? You love listening to good vocals? Are you a fan of NBC's The Voice? Then do me a favor, join host Stephanie and James as they break down each contestant's voice and overall performance from each week's episode. They keep it 100, 
and voice their opinions with love, kindness, and respect. You can follow The Pitchy Podcast on Instagram at The Pitchy Podcast, spelled T-H-E-P-I-T-C-H-Y-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. You can also subscribe to their podcast on YouTube and on your favorite podcast platform. All right, welcome back to the Philosophy Sessions podcast. Let's uh, let's talk about this little situation that took place up in Lake County, Harbor Hills Country Club. So if you don't know Harbor Hills Country Club, up in Lake County, Lady Lake is the town. If you're going to draw a map from Orlando, you're looking at about 45, 50 miles north and west of Orlando. So just about an hour out. We had a situation where we had a husband and wife. They were walking on a path along a golf course path in the neighborhood. And we had a gentleman and his son, they were playing golf together. And so the aggressor, we're just going to name him Eddie O. As the husband and wife were walking, Eddie O, who's behind them, starts yelling at them from behind. Eddie O says, get the F off. The victim and his wife apologize and they move off the path. Eddie O tells the victim, tells the husband, hey, uh, get off the path because it's, it was meant for golf carts. It's a golf cart path. So then they start arguing. And then Eddie O decides to take a club and he hits the husband in the leg to which the victim then responds by hitting Eddie O with his plastic water bottle. Eddie O then proceeds to hit the victim several times with injuries to his ribs. He had a ripped earlobe that required 40 stitches and several other facial fractures. Okay. Here. Oh, boy. So I've seen when I worked on a golf course, I've seen almost on a daily basis members or just people in general they'll walk on the car path they'll walk alongside the golf course I've seen people take their dogs and walk them on the golf course. In some cases, I've seen, (laughs) I've seen people take their dogs on the walk in a golf cart. Now you're probably wondering, okay, how does that work? In both cases that I can recall 
the person is inside the golf cart and they are driving at relatively slow speeds four five six miles per hour and they have a they have the 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 leash attached to the golf cart in front of the golf cart or beside the golf cart is the dog and they're quote-unquote walking the dog using the golf cart I've seen people take their dogs and let them loose on the driving range very few times that I can remember them taking their dogs out onto the driving range where it was active like there were people actually hitting balls out there very few times maybe between a couple spots that I've worked maybe I can remember four or five times over a 10 10 11 12 year career span listen I can understand why people want to walk the golf course especially early in the morning or late in the afternoon I can see that but you gotta understand that if the golf course is still open you are then kind of putting yourself at risk of not only getting hit by a fast-moving golf ball but you are also putting yourself at risk by getting hit by a golf cart that could range from going from 10 11 12 miles per hour to certain golf course and certain golf courses can get their carts up to 20 there's a few that I know that go up to about 25 and if you have a private cart I've seen private carts go as fast as 35 36 37 miles per hour highway speeds it's not the best thing to do the walk on the golf course but like I said I un I understand it especially for the convenience at the same time you do not engage in an altercation where it becomes physical not only does it become physical now we're using what can be considered a deadly weapon a golf club these golf clubs have graphite and steel shafts but it's not it, 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 it's not the shaft it's the metal head do you realize they could take one blow to the head and that can knock you out for good now thankfully this husband the victim here it look he's gonna be okay but like I said he's got he's got I believe the report said three broken ribs a ripped earlobe that require 40 stitches and I mean he if you looked at his photo he got jacked up 100% he got jacked up and you could say definitely you could make a case that both people were in the wrong but still it should never resort 
to physical altercation. Earlier last week, video came out of a physical altercation on a golf course in Lakeland where a four ball was being held up by a five ball that was playing in front of them. The group behind the four ball was not having it, and then they started duking it out. I don't get it. I don't get it. It, it. it just seems like nowadays people feel entitled. They don't have any patience. And that if they don't get their way, they cry, bitch, and moan until they get what they want. I would like to know if there was a ranger on the golf course. On that particular golf course in Lakeland. I would like to know if there was one. Typically, most golf courses have a ranger. They, they go around, they check, they, you know, make sure that the, uh, that the flow of the golf course is going well. They check with each group, make sure that they're doing well. And that if they fall behind, they go up to them, let them know, hey, guys, you're about a hole behind over the next hole or two. Let's see if we can go ahead and make up, make up time. And I'm like I said, I'm interested to see if that that particular golf course on that particular day had a ranger, because if I remember correctly, after looking at the video, uh, one of the people that was um, in the I want to say the group that was taping, that was recording the fight, another person in that group I believe was calling the pro shop. And depending on where they were on the golf course, it could take four, three, four, five, six minutes before anybody gets out there. So hopefully, hopefully the husband gets better. Um, I like to see what, what happens to Eddie O. I know he's been charged with aggravated assault. I know that. Um, another thing that I found interesting about this story. I decided to visit the Harbor Hills website. And it's funny because right on the homepage, there is a beautiful panoramic shot of the club and one of the lakes. That's close by on the home page their tagline I kid you not their tagline is quote a club well above sea and stress levels not lying You're not lying about sea levels, but uh, stress levels. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know about that. No, you want to make the news for good things, but you never want to make the news like this. You just don't. So all I'm going to say is this. All the golfers out there, do better. Pack your patience. You're out on the golf course to relax. 
enjoy. Take in the scenery. Hit some good shots. Make a few putts. Make a few birdies. Drink responsibly. Watch out for those transfusions. Or white claws. Or trulies. Or any other vodka drink. Do better. We can all be better. Shouldn't have to hear this kind of news. It's not good for golf. Anyway, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this edition of the podcast. Um, you don't need a positive quote, damn it. I just gave it to you. Do better. Be better. Be 1% better each day. There is your quote. And like I always say, you are loved. You have value. You are worth it. You have been listening to the Philosophy Sessions podcast with Phil Washington. I thank you so much for listening. Give the podcast five stars. Like, share, subscribe, tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend. Sharing is caring. With all that being said, I only have one, one, one thing to say. Class dismissed. The views and opinions expressed by the Philosophy Sessions podcast with Phil Washington are those of the authors and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the Philosophy Sessions podcast. Any content provided by authors or content creators are of their opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual or anyone or anything. Thank you.